Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. I want to tell you something. Can I be, can I be real honest with you? All right, now remember, church, y'all got to talk to me or the sermon's really, really long. Can I be honest with you? All right. I really despise Sprint. Like seriously, really, yes, I said it. I really despise Sprint, all right? You know the guy that like used to be with Verizon, now he's with Sprint? He's a traitor. I mean, what the heck? He had such a good thing going and I guess they didn't pay him enough and now he's with Sprint. I mean, who is that guy really? And what's he ultimately promoting but this phone service that never ever works? Are my people that have Sprint with me say yeah? Or my people that had Sprint with me say yeah? Yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh, this is the worst. I could never connect, man. It seemed like every time I turned around, I had a drop call. They had nothing going on for me. Like in my house, they delivered this little thing that was supposed to help because I live in the woods, and it didn't work either. And so every time I walk in my house, I couldn't talk on my phone. I had to go outside like a dummy and stand in my front yard talking to people all the time. I was like, oh, where's dad? Oh, he's outside on the phone because that's normal. Can't stand sprint, drop calls, frustrating voice, but it's even worse when you get the robot voice thing going. You know what I'm talking about? When you're talking, like, so you get like, you get part of what they're saying. And I was, this past week I was talking to, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody, I was talking, I think I was talking to Bill. Man, every time I talk to Bill, and Bill was starting to like, all right, so here's what I really want to tell you. This is driving me crazy. Well, my phone service got a whole lot better. I picked up T-Mobile. Hey, where are my T-Mobile people? Yeah, that's really great. Now, I'm not looking for a sponsorship or anything, but if you're interested, T-Mobile, I'm happy to talk. <laughs> I used to have Verizon. I like Verizon because it was awesome. I got coverage everywhere. I never lost calls. Where are my Verizon peoples? Woo! Yeah, that was great. I just, I got to hang out with y'all because the dinner's on you because I can't afford Verizon. <laughs> but I love my T-Mobile Tuesday because on T-Mobile Tuesday, I get a free taco. And I get cheaper gas, which is fantastic. And this past week, this is really great, uh, I got a, a, a free subscription for a year to like any one of the magazines that I had to choose from. Did anybody else do the magazine thing this Tuesday? It was just me? I got men's health. That's what I did. I'm just kidding. I got good housekeeping. But the great thing about T-Mobile is that I got a reasonably good connection. Like, it works most of the time. It's not too much of an issue. I get pretty good coverage, and I rarely have drop calls. It's, it's not often that I have to deal with that. And usually, if I have somebody with a robot voice on the other side, it's their reception because they have Sprint or some sort of, you know, crazy carrier, and they're off in the middle of nowhere. Or they live in West Virginia, which apparently no cell phones work ever. It's not the same everywhere, but I was on vacation gone up to vacation a few weeks ago. It was really great just to get a chance to get away. And uh, sweet, sweet, wonderful Ashley was watching the house. And it was great to just, uh, just to be able to get away. And she was taking care of the dogs and everything and give me little updates every once in a while. I got a call from her like earlier, early, early in the day. And she was like, hey, uh, the lightning struck a tree outside the house, pretty sure. Uh, and it like shook the house. And I'm like, well, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm okay. I think everything's fine. We're just going to keep an eye on it and all that stuff. Right. So a little bit later that afternoon, all of a sudden, my phone is going off. But we had just gone out to have this really nice dinner at our favorite place. And by the way, they have blueberry beer. Don't judge me. But they have blueberries in the beer. And the fun part about that is, is that the blueberries the whole time are like going up and down in the beer. Have you ever had one of these? Oh, it's so much fun to watch. So not only is it like a good beer tasting beer, but then you have entertainment. 
And I get this great, it's like pecan encrusted perch up in Michigan. Oh, it's so good. It's so fresh. It's so tasty. And I'm sitting there having my good beer and my good perch. And all of a sudden my phone is like going off, but it's not like ringing. It's like saying I got a missed call. So I'm like, well, it didn't ring. And I got the little fancy Google watch. So it should be telling me that my phone is ringing, but it's not telling me anything. And all of a sudden I realize that I have no coverage whatsoever. So I have to look like a dummy again and get up and stand up and walk outside and stand in the street. Okay. Not on the sidewalk because it won't work on the sidewalk. I have to go out into the street and avoid cars. Hold on. Hold on, Ashley. Hold on. All right. So what again? What again? She said lightning struck the house. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like 13 hours away from my house. Lightning struck the house. Are you okay? Yes. But your neighbor's over here and we're going to call the fire department. <laughs> all right. And that moment, that moment right there is when like your heart drops and you're like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And the next words out of her mouth, you know what they were? Fire department, fire, that's all I'm hearing. I'm so helpless. I got no connection. I don't know what the heck's going on. I'm like freaking out. I'm trying to run down to see if I can catch any kind of service somewhere in the middle of the street. Meanwhile, I'm trying to avoid the cars because I have no connection and it's driving me crazy having such a crappy service plan. I told my grandmother I'd never say crap in a sermon again, so I'm sorry about that, Grandma. But I needed a connection in this one moment. I needed to have that connection, and it wasn't there. And I couldn't hear. I didn't know what was going on. All of a sudden, I'm trying to call other people, see if I can get them to go over. And Dad, can you go over to the house, see what's going on? I don't know what's going on in the house. Oh, here's fire and, and fire trucks, and uh, I don't know what's happening. And my dad answered the phone. He's like, no problem, son. I got you. Here's just a second. I'm I really needed to know what was going on, but I couldn't. I needed to have that connection, but I couldn't. And I felt so helpless. Anybody ever been in this situation before? Maybe lightning not strike your house, but you've been in that situation where you needed to have the connection and you couldn't get a connection, just say, yeah. Yeah. See, and I think it's the same with God. Well, you came to church, so you knew I was going there, didn't you? It shouldn't be a surprise. I think it's the same with God. We need that connection with God, but so many of us have a crappy service plan. We do. In our lives, we kind of have a crappy service plan. Maybe it's just the general economy of our lives. We figured that, well, to have the best kind of service plan would take a lot more energy and a whole lot more of our life economy to actually get to it. We can't afford it. We don't have the time. We don't have the space in our lives to make the space for that ultimately great connection. This sermon series is all about these pillars of faith. Does anybody remember what we talked about a couple weeks ago? There are 10 of them in the Bible, and it's called the 10. All right, so I'll keep baiting you, then I'll know we'll get it right. And we talked about instead of looking at those as like God saying, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Instead, we flipped them upside down. And we looked at God's great gifts in the Ten Commandments. The gift of having God's name, of holy rest, of being surrounded by people that would lift us up in faith and in life, that God provides all of those things for us. And then last week we looked at the Apostles' Creed. Does anybody remember what we talked about last week with the Apostles' Creed, this pillar of faith? It keeps us what? Level. Level. Yes, it helps us to sort of figure out how our lives go and how do we sort of try to keep things level. But ultimately, the greatest level of all is who? It's the Sunday school answer, kids. It is 
Oh my gosh, I'm going to try this again. I'm going to get a cup of coffee first. It is? Jesus. Yeah, if we're afraid to shout Jesus in church, we've got problems, kids. This sermon series is about pillars of faith. God gave us those to understand how to live out this faith, how to work through a relationship with God filled with grace and history and life and love. And this week, they all point us to grace and mercy. Can you guess what we're going to talk about this pillar of faith? The Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. It's a little bit of time to talk. I want to ask you guys some questions. When do we use the uh, Lord's Prayer? Anybody know? Anybody got it? See a hand? Go up. All right. Cameraman Aaron. Right before communion. Awesome. Fantastic. Anybody uh, see it any other place in our gatherings of any kind? Anybody see it any other places? Where? Anybody else? Yeah, during baptism, we certainly have it there. Any other kind of gatherings that we might do where you might hear the Lord's Prayer? Maybe when two people come together in love and it's a ceremony and it's called a what? Thank you. Excellent. (laughs) Really, really good work. We bring that prayer in. It's such a standard of who we are, and we use it quite a bit. Now, here's another question. I want you to talk just 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 for kicks here about when you use that in your life. Are there people that have that prayer happening regularly in your life that's not necessarily associated with church? If so, tell us when you might share that. Yeah, Dottie. Bedtime prayer? What? When you say your prayers at night. Anybody else? Yeah. During takeoff on an airplane, okay. Awesome, all right. John? When you're running. So you're just running and you'll pray it as you're running. Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. At dinner time. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great time to share the Lord's Prayer. I want to read some scripture with you. And this is probably one of the shortest scriptures I'm going to preach on all year. So, So we're going to jump right into Luke. Here we go. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now, let me pause for a second, because he had done all kinds of really cool things right before this, and one of those was that he sent out the 72, right? He sent out all of these people to go and and begin the fullness of the ministry and and be his sort of extension in the world, all right? And so this kind of brings us back into the story sort of randomly. We don't really know sort of if there was some stuff between then and there. It kind of just says, one day, when Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. Now, I want you to just put yourselves in their shoes for just a second. This one disciple. You've been following Jesus for quite some time, right? We're 11 chapters into Luke, so it's been a lot of stuff. They've seen a lot of things. And they just got a bunch of them that were sent out to go do the work of ministry that happens, all right? Now, you're standing there with Jesus. He's been praying. He comes down. You're like, oh, I just got a little one-on time with the Savior of all creation. And we're just going to get a chance to talk to him. And you get to ask him to teach you how to do anything, anything in the whole world. Why wouldn't it be turn water to wine, Right? No? 
Just me? Okay, cool. I'll work on that in confession. How about, like, how about, Jesus, can you teach us how to make a little bit of food become a lot of bit of food? So when I have extra people come to my house, I don't have to call the pizza place. I can just make it happen in here, right? I mean, like, wouldn't it be the kind of things that you would want to ask Jesus? Or, or, maybe, or maybe even something better. Maybe standing beside your relative on their deathbed that you could be able to walk up to them and say, get up and walk and you didn't have to see them hurt. Or maybe it's that kind of thing where you would go to Jesus and say, Jesus, teach me how to raise people from the dead. Those that I've lost, those that I wish that I could continue to connect with, and they're gone. But teach me to pray? Really? Like that's the one thing that this guy wants to know? Of all the things that you could ask him, teach us to pray? I mean, how incredibly awesome is that? Amen? Maybe. I see, I think they knew something. I think they were onto something. I think this disciple was actually figuring something out. That ultimately, it wasn't so much about what Jesus was going to do, but they wanted to know how Jesus could do these things. They realized that there was a connection where that power came from. Because Jesus would go away to pray, and then Jesus would come back, and right after he would go away to pray, awesome things would happen. And so they started to see this correlation between him praying and that power coming ultimately from prayer. So they weren't so much concerned with the what, because they knew that if they could figure out the how, then they could be a part of Jesus' great ministry. Amen? Yeah. And the Lord's Prayer is such a powerful, powerful thing. I'm going to save all the teaching for tomorrow night's gathering at the Carolina Ale House. We'll do some teaching there about what the Lord's Prayer, where it came from, all those different parts and pieces, and it appears a couple times in the Gospels. And we'll talk about all of that stuff and kind of dive deep. But I want to focus just on the first couple lines. All right? First line. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. There's three parts of this that I want to focus on. The first one is the very first word of the Lord's Prayer is what? All together now hour. It starts right here. This is a collective prayer that does two things. It reminds us that we are one body, and this is this one Father who unites us in the prayer. It starts right there. This is the God of all of us. And the second word, what's the second word? Father. Yeah, yeah, I like that, because you were doing it in your head. He's like, he's going to ask us another word. I'm going to be prepared this time. Father. Father is about relationship. It's not necessarily about a father or a mother. It's about that relationship, that parent, that we know that we're children of God. We know that God loves us and holds us and keeps us safe. We know that that's the kind of relationship. And that's where this whole thing starts. Our father relationship into a closeness, an invitation even, to be close to God in that way. And then holy is your name. God gives us a name, and it's holy. God gives us the name of God that we could speak. Further invitation to use God's name, have that personal moment, and know that it's a gift. And then everything else in the rest of the prayer builds from right there. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Because prayer is the connection, and it's about having a great service plan. See, lots of us grew up learning about prayer from uh, popular movies. Anybody remember George uh, Bailey's prayer in uh, It's a Wonderful Life? Everybody remember that one? Standing on the bridge, super intense, great moment. Anybody watch that every Christmas time? Say yeah. Oh yeah, great, great movie. Or maybe your uh, introduction into prayer was from Talladega Nights with uh, (laughs) the ballad of Ricky Bobby. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, five pounds, six ounce Jesus, and... And Cal, his great buddy, talking about, I like to think about Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt, because like, he's like, he's kind of classy, but he's already a party. And giant wings singing in front of Leonard Skinner, 
feel like, just think about, I, I don't know why I went there. But. Some moments like that in popular movies are beautiful, right? And some of them are, well, like Talladega Nights. But lots of movies, I notice that people pray when they're scared. Have you ever noticed that? In the middle of a lot of movies, they seem to go to prayer. At least when I was growing up, that was the way it always was. It seemed like they would always go to prayer. And more and more in movies now, they actually don't go to prayer. They go to whole different directions. It's interesting to see how that's changed just in the last 30 years of, of watching movies. But I saw a clip at a movie that I went to go see, and it broke my heart. In the middle of watching this movie, like I just I fell apart. And I want to show you, uh, I want to show you this incredible clip that broke that broke my heart. Nobody ever taught me how. I can't imagine that. But it happens all the time. I always get asked to pray at things. Like whenever I'm at like a gathering or something like that, I guess it's like, it's like the pastor name tags on all the time. And I, and I always get asked to pray at, at things. And, I, and I, I think that's wonderful. And I love to do that. And, you know, sometimes I feel like they're like, well, you are the professional, right? So <laughs> you should be doing this. But I never assume that I'm the one that should be praying because I, I love to hear God's people pray. Plus, how can anybody ever learn and grow how to pray if I'm always the one in the situations like that praying? Yet all the time, when I ask somebody else to pray for us, most often I get people saying, uh, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not able. I don't, I don't really know what I would say or I just... I don't know whatever the reasons are, but more often than not in those situations where I'll just offer that up, I can't... I can't do it. Now, let me just give you two disclaimers before I go any further. I realize that public speaking is like the greatest fear uh, for everybody in the world, apparently. That's like bigger than spiders and like earthquakes and whatever. It's public speaking. That's like the greatest fear uh, in humankind. So I get that. Disclaimer number two is that there are some people that are pretty introverted spiritually, right? They're like, I have a strong spiritual life and I'm happy to pray, but just don't make me say it out loud in front of anybody, right? So I totally get that, and that's totally fine. But it makes me think of, it's a pretty big issue that I think that we do have, that most people don't pray really much out loud. But even worse, I think most people don't pray at all. Not very much at all. 
And I have to kind of own this too, because even in my professional life, I find that there are some days where I get to the very end of it, I'm like, man, I don't think I talked to God all day today. I did the work of the church. I was reading scripture. I was putting together things for God's people. I was walking with folks in their difficult times. I was getting everything planned or put together or whatever the case is. But I walk at the end of the day and I'm thinking, I'm not, I didn't spend time in prayer at all today. And I've got to own that. So I think, how can we possibly have a connection with God if we don't know how to or don't take the time to pray, to connect? How can we hear God's voice if we're not in conversation? Some of us have a really, really crappy service plan. <laughs> Raise your hand if that's you or just say, yes, yeah, me. Some of us have no plan at all. Could you imagine a world as an adult? Let me just think about this for a second. Could you imagine now... Could you imagine being an adult in the world and not having a cell phone nowadays? Could you imagine that? I mean, I know there are some of you that probably don't like use yours very much, but you still have one. I mean, even my like 90-year-old grandparents had a cell phone. Like, I mean, like you can't, th I can't imagine not having a cell phone. So why in the world would we not want to have that in our spiritual lives? Why would we not want to have an opportunity in a way that we could reach out and talk to God so close and so intimate? And there are so many tough times and so many things that people are ultimately going through in our lives. We need that connection. Um, I do uh, pre-marriage counseling for, for, for wedding, for couples, right, that are, that are going to get married. And uh, every time we get together, the very first time, I always just kind of tell me a little bit about how you met, you know, how did you get engaged? And we have these, like, cute little moments. And I say, all right, so you want me to do your wedding. I only have a few requirements, all right? One, that you do pre-marriage counseling. That's kind of a big deal. But then there's a part that's really, really important about how you guys talk to and relate to one another. The first is that I don't want you to go to bed angry, all right? This is how we're going to begin our life together, your life together, is that I don't want you to go to bed angry. That's, that's number one. So during this time of engagement, don't go to bed angry. The second one is I want you to find a faith community to be a part of. I don't care if it's Christ South or not. I just want you to be in, well, I do because I love this place, so there's that. But I don't ultimately care where you go. I just want you to have that connection to a faith community. But the third is most important, and it's usually the most difficult that people have to deal with, is that I want you to pray together out loud every day, not at meals. Just once. Over the phone, if you're traveling, or if you're, if you're in the same space. And what it does is really two things. One, it gives God the reins to your relationship. It gives you a way to be like, I can just let go and let God handle these different things. But hearing each other in the midst of this also makes this deep connection. That all of a sudden now you're hearing what your partner has got going on by saying, how can I pray for you? And then how loud you pray over their concerns. You could go all day long. And even those people that are actually married or in relationships now, I encourage you to do this with, even if you don't have a spouse or a significant other, find somebody that you can ask that question for. How can I pray for you today? And have them pray over you, over those things and back and forth. And it doesn't matter if it sounds terrible. It doesn't matter if it's not a really great prayer. It doesn't matter if it's just like, okay, because I have one couple, I have one couple, and the guy's like, it's like, all right, can we practice? I'm like, you mean like at lunch? He's like, yeah, right, right now. Can, we, can, we, can I just practice? I'm like, this is like one of those real type A guys that like wants to know. He, like he wants all the bullet points of like how the marriage, things, like wedding ceremony is going to go the very first time we talk. I'm like, sure, man. So he's like, let's practice. And I was like, all right, so you ask her, um, how can I pray for you? He's like, how can I pray for you? And she's like um, telling this thing about work that was really, really bothering. And his prayer, I kid you not, his prayer was, all that, God. Amen. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, pastor, I'm like that guy, man. I'm so terrible at prayer. I don't know how to do it. Well, this is the blessing of this pillar of faith. Start here. Start in the Lord's Prayer. Let that be the words that you have written down somewhere that you just even, if you can memorize it, start here. Use this prayer. You don't have to come up with lofty words. As a matter of fact, Jesus doesn't really like that anyway. Jesus wants real relationship. And these right here are the words of Jesus that have been tested over time for 2,000 years. But don't stop there. Don't stop just with that Lord's Prayer. Prayer is also the connection with the rest of the body of Christ. Pray for each other. Pray with each other. There's this old song that I remember when I was growing up listening to it was on Christian radio and it said something about prayer and it said there's no limits, no rules and no boundaries. No limits, rules or boundaries. Just pray. Just let those words come forth. Or maybe even we even have to be kind of honest and realize that you remember Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump? Sometimes those are the most beautiful prayers there are. God can handle your angry prayers too. God can handle your frustration. God just wants all of you. All right, I'm about to wrap up. I pray with my kids every night. Pray with my kids, and, and, uh, um, and, and we, we usually kind of cuddle together, or it's up in their room, or, 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 or whatever, but we always kind of pray and give them the opportunity to pray a little bit if there are specific things they want to pray about. But then we always pray the Lord's Prayer. And uh, every night when I put Copeland to bed, my little two-year-old, I'll hold him up in my arms. And he's kind of gotten to where he knows this is, this, is, this is the end of the day. I get him in my arms. I'm holding him over his bed. And I pray the Lord's Prayer. And I, he just, he just stares right into my eyes. Now, I don't think he knows what trespasses means or, or, or what it means to get daily bread, but he understands the connection. He understands what it means that, that I'm holding him. He understands what it means that we're sharing a moment of the deepest kind of connection that we can, not with just one another. I even think kids get it that they're sharing something that's even deeper than just with me. It's a connection. And it's full of power. I took Ashton to college this past week. Where are my, where are my uh, college parents? Say yeah. Yeah, you've sent some kids off before. Say yeah. Oof. Dropping them off, it was tough. It was beautiful. It was amazing. And we're standing there in his dorm and kind of putting things together. And, and, um, <clears throat> and we as a family decided that we would just pray over him. Just like when he was a little kid. I could still see my little two-year-old in my arms. Because we held each other in that room. It was beautiful. It was hard. But just like we always do, we finish with the Lord's Prayer. And those words, that connection. When we left, we were all weepy and mopey and <laughs> trying to keep it together. I was glad I had sunglasses so I didn't look like a ridiculous human being walking out of the dorm. <laughs> and yet, I saw all these other parents and they had the same eyes as I did. But that holding and praying was just like he was still in my arms when he was two years old. And all at once in that moment, I kind of got it. I didn't, I don't know that I'd ever really gotten it before, but my mom and dad, great parents. I've been blessed to have in-laws and I've had three moms in my life. Gina's one of those. 
And every once in a while, they're just like, hey, just drop me a line every once in a while. Just, just let me know what's going on with you. And I'm like, all right, no problem, no problem. And I get on with my day, and I'm, I'm busy, and there's all kinds of stuff going on. I realize I hadn't called mom in like a week. I don't know if that's normal for guys. I think girls call their moms more or something. I don't know, but anyway, maybe I'm a bad son. <laughs> I guess that could be it too. But all of a sudden, I finally got it. I just wanted to hear from Asha. So I find myself kind of like, I'm just gonna text him real quick just to see. No, 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 I don't wanna bother him. I don't wanna bother him because he's doing stuff, he's doing his thing, and all of a sudden I get it. This is where my parents sat. I just wanna know that you're okay, that you're happy, that you're healthy. And I finally got it. Brothers and sisters, that's the same connection that God wants with us wants that closeness. God holds us just like we're a little two-year-old. Holds us close. Keeps us safe. Helps us to remember who God is and who we are. God wants that connection with us. What a great gift that that is. We have a God that wants us. We have a God that protects us gives us power in prayer. God who's full of grace and mercy, that closeness, that relationship, that connection, a love that goes beyond our sin and brokenness. We have a God that wants the connection. Let's pray. God, I give you thanks. We give you thanks and praise for wanting us wanting to hear from us, from wanting to know that we're happy and healthy and okay, that in the midst of that, you hold us close, that your love for us knows no limits. God, help us to be mindful that you just want us to drop you a line. With you, Lord, it doesn't matter what kind of service plan we have. You'll take any. So God, encourage us as your people to talk to you, to listen to you, to be lifted up to hell in your arms. God, thank you so much for giving us the connection. In Jesus' name we pray. All of God's children say All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.